This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. You wanted news? You wanted history? You wanted something unprecedented that no one else has ever experienced in modern politics? You got it. Very toss. You say you wanted history, politics, news. We got it. And I would normally say Excelsior, my dear partners. I said very toss because I have some things to say to you today to share with you that you might not be crazy about. But then again, you've been inoculated because I have a feeling I said things yesterday that you from which you drew conclusions that you weren't crazy about <clears throat> and as to that do i feel differently than i felt yesterday yes i feel differently tactically every day i don't feel differently strategically every day and I don't feel differently in terms of my loyalties uh, every day, certainly. But tactically, do I feel different? Do I think this race changes from day to day? No, I think it changes from hour to hour, literally. The, the, the news cycle, what we used to call a news cycle, and we used to live by that. That's a term of art. We used to live by that in the business of professional politics. We'd say, by next cycle, we have to have this out there. That is as antique as a penny baby Ruth bar. That, that is as available as a, dodo, a live dodo bird for a dollar. News cycles no longer exist. The, the cycle has flattened in, into a steady hum of information and and other data. The news cycle is now. The news cycle is a minute ago. The news cycle is a minute from now. 
yes, I feel differently today than I did yesterday because things have changed radically. Even taking the elephant out of the room, which is what's happened, even given that subtraction from today's news, this minute's news, it's still a change from yesterday. Now, you you know that what I like to do, what I prefer to do, what I generally insist on doing is to make a case. I, 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 I give you a narrative just like I was presenting to a jury. I would say, I'm about to offer you incontrovertible evidence that X is true or untrue. And here it is. There's this, 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 and this. Hence, Z is true. I'm going to eschew that today for the moment because Trump's apparent withdrawal from tonight's Fox debate is the elephant in the room. Sorry, sorry. thank you, B. Tomorrow is... I'll tell you what else is no longer true. Like there are no longer news cycles, there are no longer days for those of us who cover this closely. There are no longer days. There are there are wake and vague vague sleep cycles, but there are not days or dates. Anyway, thank you, B. The apparent withdrawal of Trump from tomorrow night's Fox debate is the elephant in or no longer in the room. And I wish to challenge you today with questions about that. If you don't have an opinion on these, I will be surprised. In fact, the next time I hear from you, I'll say, you had an opinion on this, but you had no opinion on Trump and the debate? Just out of curiosity, you know. So I have questions for you, which in a moment I will give you. But My promise to eschew the case-building thing happens right now. I'm going to tell you the things I know and the things I suspect, which may generate enough interest for your inquiry at 1-888-900-3393 here at the Blaze Radio Network, your office and mine, 1-888-900-3393. One more time, 1-888-900-3393. 900-3393. Here's what I know and what I think that a lot of other people don't. And again, I, it pains me because I'm skipping over so many of the fundamentals. Like, does this help or hurt Trump? What do you think? Does this help or hurt Iowan voters? What do you think? Does it help or hurt his opponents? What do you think? And whom? This is good or bad and why. There's so many fundamentals that ought to be asked, but here's what I know that other people don't or what I think that other people don't. There are just a few of them. One is that Donald Trump, who has owned and controlled the news cycle like he personally owned everything on television, And this story, this event, the debates, he's always owned it. By threatening to quit, he controls it to a factor of 100. He's never controlled it as much as when he said he was out of it. What is that? Why is that? 
Okay, nextly. Do you really believe that Donald Trump won't be on tomorrow night? I'm not sure. I have read a report, and I am privy to a rumor that says that Roger Ailes may have blinked. Now, again, Roger Ailes is a friend and a hero of mine, not a, not a close friend, not a friend friend, but an acquaintance. Uh, he's a hero of mine. Uh, he is a genius. He is one of the most formidable gentlemen I've ever encountered, and I've met and spoken with four American presidents, although Ailes was more impressive probably than all but one of them. Uh, The story, it's not mine, it's not my theory, it's a story, that Roger Ailes blinked. So the story goes, in short, Fox was getting a million dollars a minute for their commercial spots in this debate until Trump dropped. People were falling over themselves Quality advertisers falling over themselves to pay a million dollars a minute for spots. And now they can't give them away. That That's an exaggeration. They're apparently selling them for, uh, I heard, 100000 maybe 150 I don't know. So the market on, don't forget what this is all about. This is a, 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 a for-profit television broadcast. Roger Ailes is president of Fox News network and and tomorrow night was a huge money making operation still could be i think still will be likely but the bottom fell out of the market when the bottom fell out of the bottom when the big ass walked in other words and so the story not mine the story the rumor is that roger ailes people came to him and said is there a way to Is there a way to turn this around? Whereupon the story, the rumor goes, Roger Ailes reached out to elements of the Trump organization. I'll I'll leave it that broad for a moment. Reached out to the elements of the Trump organization uh, and tried to open a, you know, a reproach mall. And so the rumor... And story goes, Donald Trump doubtlessly smiled a very devilish grin and said, according to the rumor, I'll only speak to Rupert Murdoch. I won't speak to Roger Ailes. Rupert Murdoch is one of, I'm sure you know, one of the richest, most powerful men on the planet Earth. He owns Fox. He owns... I can't, there's no time to tell you what he owns on seven continents, but he owns Fox. And Donald Trump, according to this rumor, said, I'll only speak to Rupert Murdoch. If that's true in any way, or if for any other reason, Donald Trump has spoken or does speak with Rupert Murdoch, in a moment, I will tell you What's going to happen tomorrow? This is Jay Severin, Severin. on the Blaze Radio Network.
When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. The Jay Severin Show. On the Blaze Radio Network, starting in unusual fashion with the things I would usually say at the end. Not the end of the show, but at the end of building a case to you, the best and brightest. I'm Jay Severin. We are the Blaze. one 888 Okay, to continue with what I know or I think that a lot of other people don't, And I better confine it to politics or I could get into, or the moral squad will be knocking down the front door. Um, So the story, and just to give you backup, I believe it was the UK Mail that printed this, but, but I am aware of it from other sources. But according to a major article in a British newspaper that uh, went to press last night, Donald Trump was approached by Fox in the generalist of terms here, Donald Trump was approached by Fox to reconsider. And he said, forget it. I'll only speak to Rupert Murdoch. Now, either Fox said, go take a flying try at a rolling donut and hung up the phone. Or they said, okay, maybe Maybe we can do that. If Donald Trump did get to speak to Rupert Murdoch, here is what Guru Jay say either will happen tomorrow night or ought to happen tomorrow night, or if Guru Jay was still in the business of choreographing campaigns for his clients, this is what would happen were Donald Trump my client. The conversation between Trump and Murdoch would take place. A deal would be struck. We would know nothing. According to this scenario, we will know nothing. Tomorrow night will approach. Tomorrow night will arrive. The 7 o'clock debate will occur. The 8 o'clock Blaze Special After Dark team, Skip and Doc and moi, will appear with you from 8 to 9 Eastern Time p.m. for our first of two shows that evening. And then at 9 o'clock, 
You will turn on Fox, 9 o'clock Eastern. We will all turn on Fox. And we will believe that our biggest question in this campaign so far is answered. Because we will see eight podia, the center one of which will be vacant. Will be vacant. Donald Trump will not be there. The opening remarks will occur. The opening moments of the debate will occur. And then at the moment, somewhere in the first segment of the debate, when theatricality is at its highest, when the moment of theatricality is its highest, thus the benefit to the actor in question, the greatest. Donald Trump, without announcement or warning, will walk onto the stage and assume the position at his podium. The crowd will go wild. Even the crowd that's not for him will go wild out of a sense of suspense, relief, history, theater, drama, etc. Everyone will go wild, as if Elvis had been resurrected and walked to the podium. Some of his opponents up there on stage, thunderstruck by the moment, not knowing what to do, will applaud and or stand there looking stupid. That is to say, were Guru Jay still advising candidates and Donald Trump were one of them, this would be my advice. And by the way, he has at least one person, and I presume others, smarter than I, advising him. For anybody else, nobody else could get away with this. Donald Trump can get away with this. And because it's Donald Trump, and because he could get away with it, and only he could, I think the theatrical phenomenon of what will ever for after be known as the Trump entrance is a possibility for tomorrow night, you must absolutely consider. Because after all, as a producer, as a former producer, and you have to do this according to, you know, logical building blocks, if Donald changes his mind and decides to appear, there is zero chance or there is zero advantage for him telling you that today or tonight or tomorrow. Maybe dropping a hint, maybe the Trump organization leaking the fact that a conversation may have taken place and that maybe it's, maybe there's a 2% chance that Donald, as long as they keep alive, 
if they fan the tiny glowing ember of expectation among people that Trump might show up, that they might witness this melodramatic moment, then twice as many people will watch. And it would not be, in my advice, as a former producer of television and radio, I would say to my client, look, if you're not going to go, don't go. We'll figure out the ways to milk 100% the fact that you're not there. But if you go, there's no advantage to letting anybody know, and there's no advantage to be standing there when the opening shot is broadcast. Don't do it. Let them broadcast. Let them create for us. We'll play them like a five-cent harmonica. Let Fox play the opening shot. Let them broadcast it to the world of your empty podium. And then you wait two, four, six, eight, 12 minutes. You wait until Ted Cruz, probably, you know, your closest opponent in Iowa, wait till he's in the middle of the best sentence of his opening remarks and then shatter it by walking on stage smiling and walking up to your podium and stopping the show. That's, you know, owning the show. That's owning the show. And Donald may try it. Agree? Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jay Severin Show. And these, uh, we'll see, are my partners. They'll be calling in, or won't, at 1-888-900-3393. 1-888-900-3393. Okay, now we go back to the beginning. Now we go back to the way the show would have started in another dimension if I started it the way I usually do. The debate has been detrumped. Donald owned this event from the beginning. This event is not the debate. You have to admit, Donald Trump has owned the political process. Look back over the last six months, eight months, longer maybe. Donald Trump has reached the level of bell-bottoms in their time or the Nehru jacket in its time or the CB radio for non-truckers or, I don't know, name another fad that came and went. But there ain't no went here. There's only came so far. Donald Trump has owned you, owned me, owned the media, owned the political process since the day he announced. That's a fact. It is to many of us an unhappy and disturbing fact, but a fact which are stubborn things, it nevertheless remains. I have 10 questions for you. 
Feel free to answer A, all of them, B, none of them, C, others of your own choosing. Here are the ones that appeal to me. Don't wait for me to get to 10. It could be 5 o'clock. Number one, how does Donald Trump's threat affect the debate? Now, that's a two-part question. I said, how does his threat not to participate affect the debate? Because even if he does participate tomorrow, his threat has still created a media phenomenon. Fox News dedicated... 100% of their programming last night, as of the moment Donald Trump announced he wasn't going to come to the debate, 100% of Fox's programming was dedicated to Trump has jilted us. There's an interesting media slash political slash journalistic slash marketing question there as to whether if you were programming Fox, would you have dedicated all of last night to the coverage that your date for the prom didn't show up. But number one question, how does his threat, how does this phenomenon affect the political process? Whether he shows up or not, but my principal number one question is, how do you think, if at all, This affects the outcome of the Iowa caucus if Donald Trump does not show up. Question number two, your office number, 1-888-900-3393. Don't worry about being first. Have that courage. Number two, if Trump does not show up, Does it net, net, help him or hurt him in Iowa? If Donald Trump does not show up, does it net, net, help him or hurt him in Iowa? And why, in your opinion? Number three, if Donald Trump does not show up for the debate, does it help his opponents? Seems an obvious question, but the other side is, does it maybe hurt them because those who most need exposure may be speaking to an audience that is far beyond decimated? They may be speaking to an audience which is a third, a quarter the size of the audience it might otherwise have been. If, if you are someone who needs to break through and this is your last chance, maybe you want Trump there because you need the eyeballs there. You need 15 million people, whatever it is, watching. So question number three, does it help or hurt Donald Trump's opponents? And as a bonus toss-up question, Which one? Which ones? Which one or ones would you think were most helped or hurt 
by Trump's absence tomorrow night, if indeed he's a no-show. Question four. How do you rate the downside for Donald Trump in this regard? Won't this be, if he doesn't show up, won't he be the goalie for a dart team? Won't he be the spear catcher? Won't he be the target at, at, a, at, a, at a pistol range? Won't he be attacked openly, viciously, by everyone else on the stage repeatedly for three hours? And it will be open season on Donald Trump? Only this time, for the first and probably last time ever, These folks are going to get to hammer Trump without worrying about him being right there to hammer them back. It's it's a free run across the room and hit Donald Trump in the face ticket. He's not there to defend himself. He's not there to smash you in the face. And... Already it started. You talk about a rapid response team. That's what we call them in politics. Everyone since, well, for 20 years or more has had a rapid response team. The rapid response teams are hard at work, my best and brightest. Rand Paul has already appeared with some of the most stinging commentary I've heard. Rand Paul today stood up before the cameras and said, what do I think of Donald Trump's absence? I think the IQ of the debate just went up 20 or 30 points. Uh, Ouch. He also said, this shows you the delusions. He called Trump delusional. This shows you the delusions of grandeur under which Trump is operating. That his being there or not being there is the do-all and end-all of the campaign. Does RuPaul speak any truth? Five. Why? Why? Does this matter? I mean, to Iowa. Think about it. Well, let me ask it another way. Why did Trump decide to do this is it really as the story is told we'll 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 ask that question in a moment because the timeline that's being presented is false the series of events and the timeline are false in almost all of the media but my question about why is maybe the most controversial and i ought to have asked it in the opening today I'm greatly shocked at how few people know this, apparently, and have been talking about it or have dared talk about it in the media. Because if someone asked me, of course, they'd have to give me a new identity and, a, and, a, and a, you know, a, some money, a new identity, witness protection program and all that. Why do I think Donald Trump may have made this decision? Well, the... The, the guess of a gifted amateur, and I, I don't mean to be mocking in that, 
Someone who follows this, who thinks about it, a gifted amateur might say, well, I'll tell you why. This is the last debate. I'm ahead. I'm Trump. Everybody on that stage is going to use all of their time to destroy me. Plus, I know that Fox is probably the least friendly to me, quote unquote. And so I know what's going to happen. I've, I've been to this rodeo. I know what's going to happen. I'm going to show up and I'm going to be, have a, have a, have a kick me hard sign taped to my back, a bullseye taped to my chest for both the moderators, at least as Trump thinks of it, and also for everyone else on the stage. So I'm going to be the pinata tomorrow night. Tomorrow night is the Fox-Trump pinata debate. And you know what? That's a good answer. And I believe it's an accurate answer. But I believe it's an incomplete answer. Do you know why I believe Donald Trump looked as angry as I've ever seen him last night? While he was having the press conference when he said he wouldn't do this debate tomorrow night? I tweeted it to you last night. I said a borderline has been crossed. Someone in the media, in an open press conference, in front of the cameras, last night asked Donald Trump about his previous sexual marital indiscretions. An open press conference, a member of the major media said to him, You've talked about Monica Lewinsky and about the Clintons and about his marital infidelities. What about yours? What about all of yours? Is that fair game? Now, do you think that the media and people in general don't want to know about that? You don't think Donald Trump knows that he's lucky that that's been quiet so far? You don't think he knows that most people don't know about those splashed across the front pages of the New York Post when I was there for years? Could it be that on the eve of the Iowa caucuses, four days out as the leader, the one thing holding the glue together Donald Trump thinks could be threatened if that glue has poured all over it the notion that he might have been a playboy? Jay Severin. We are the Blaze Radio Network, one 3393 Received an interest, well, they're all interesting from you guys, but a particularly interesting tweet from Frischman6. And I responded with the, I'm sorry, uh, the, the essential uh, message of Frischman6 was, good, no Trump, maybe we'll get a serious debate about the issues. Or words to that effect. My response, and I'm responding to some of these devil's advocate. So I responded here, devil's advocate question. Is that really 
what viewers really want? Civics Circus Maximus thus far has equaled audience plain debates equal bow ring. I mean, I don't like it, but there it is. Look at any of the Democrat so-called debates. Look at that debacle the other night. Who could watch that? Who was entertained by that? Yes, a, a core audience of aging lefties. Yes. But it was a loser. Look at the ratings for the Republican debates. If there had been four debates or three debates so far with Trump and three debates without Trump, do we really believe that the ratings would be comparable for those with and without Trump? Do we really believe that? And do we really think that if Trump is not there tomorrow night, the ratings won't suffer? And ratings, I know, is an industry term. And so I don't want you to think that, that my orientation here is toward dollars or Fox or their profits. Uh, it's certainly a matter of interest to me. But what I really mean when I say ratings is American voters. I like it a lot more when 16 million Americans or 20 million Americans watch the Republican debate because they hear, for the most part, fairly conservative ideas and they're exposed to them and persuaded, I hope, by them. I like 16 million people or 20 million listening to that more than I like 8 million listening to that. And so there is that to be considered. What I really want to know is, are you ready to call and who will have the courage to be first, second, and third here at 1-888-900-3393? 1-888-900-3393. I'm fine. I still have five more questions for you, but don't wait. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. You wanted history. You wanted politics. You wanted drama. We got it. Hot chocolate. We got it. Remember that line? Excelsior. Welcome back, my partners, my friends, my radio family. Thank you for choosing the Blaze Radio Network and the Jaily News. Here is our latest edition, hot, 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 off the press. Your number is one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. 
1-800-919-3393. Who I wonder among the best and brightest has the greatest curiosity and courage to be first, second, third, fourth, fifth on this matter, which has so many questions, yet still so many unanswered answers. one 888 Here are my first five questions to you about the de-Trumped debate. I don't know that he won't really show up. I think he might. If he can orchestrate this in a manner such that it looks like he won the battle between himself and Roger Ailes, the chairman of Fox, if Donald Trump can make this look like he somehow bested Roger Ailes, that would be the first key to this. Without that, Trump will not do this debate. And no matter how that happens, if, as reported and rumored, there may be a rapprochement, a back-channel rapprochement between Rupert Murdoch, the owner of Fox and the owner of probably your house and everything you touch all day long, if one of the wealthiest influential men in the world, certainly in media, if Donald Trump, who said, I'll only speak to Rupert Murdoch, if he does speak to Rupert Murdoch, what do you think the chances are that Rupert Murdoch might say, Donald, could we make this off the record? Because I appreciate that you're willing to discuss this, and there have been faults on both sides. I'm just, I'm just imagining, imagining this, right? And, 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 but you know, I, I have a, I have a business I have to run, and I can't look like I'm caving on supporting my own people. So whatever we agree to here, if we could keep it between us, and Donald Trump would say. Of course, Rupert. And then in the, in the play, in my head, the way this goes, is that Mr. Murdoch says enough, even if only by speaking to Donald, that, that Donald Trump says, all right, okay, you know, okay, since you ask, I'll do it. Do you think there's any chance that Donald Trump will not leak the story? an hour later that he won and that Fox caved? And also, do you think there's any chance Fox doesn't know this, which they have to enter into the equation of whether or not they approach him to reconsider? My most melodramatic scenario as a former producer, well, hell, I, I produce this show every day, but I, having produced television as well for the bulk of my life, let me tell you, if I had to make this up and draw a script for us, whatever preceded the moment, I would have the show open tomorrow night, the debate, and there would be an empty podium in the center, Donald Trump's podium. It would be empty. And there wouldn't be a word of news to update the notion that he's not appearing. It would be a foregone conclusion if not a fait accompli that he was not going to appear there'd be an empty podium at nine o'clock eastern tomorrow night and then five to 
eight minutes in, probably in the middle of Ted Cruz's opening statements, Donald Trump would stride from the wings of the stage, smiling and waving, and taking his place behind his podium. And the place would erupt. The place would go wild. People who don't like him would go wild. If the Beatles reincarnated as living, along with Elvis and Gandhi, came out and stood behind the microphone, you would get essentially the same response. Because that's what this is. This is show business. This is the business of show. And Trump would show up, and everyone would go wild, and everyone would pee their pants, everyone else, his opponents, and Donald Trump would own that debate no matter what was said for the rest of the debate. That would be the moment, that would be the shot, and the, as we say, the shot in video, that would be the shot shown around the world, wouldn't it? I'm not saying that's what will happen. But I'm saying, and I'm very much saying, very much making this point, Donald Trump can make that happen. If he wishes that moment to occur, he can do that. No one else can do that. Donald Trump can, and his advisors can conjure the theatrical moment of greatest grandeur and opportunity to Donald Trump. And then they can make it so. Nobody else can do that. And that's what all of the opponents, it's what all of us who do not regard a Trump candidacy as ideal, this is what we're up against. This is an unnatural confluence of the man born to manipulate media and the ascendance of media to the point that it desperately wishes to be manipulated every day. And it's there's something Faustian about it, there's something unholy about it, but there's something remarkable and somehow even perversely admirable about it in some way. This is what I've done my whole life. I have never seen anything like this. Not ever anything close to this. I have 10 questions. I've already asked you five. I'm about to renew those five questions and ask you the next five. My advice would be not to wait. Because you know the questions already. In fact, I can give you a few of the first five right now. Maybe I can get them all in before B hovers over me with a bludgeon. How does Donald Trump's actions affect the Iowa caucus, whether he shows up or whether he doesn't? But most especially, if he doesn't show up tomorrow night, how does that affect things, do you think? Number two, if he doesn't show up, does that hurt or help Trump? If he does show up, does it hurt or help Trump? Does this whole maneuver so far hurt or help Trump? Number three, does this help his opponents? If so, which? 
which opponents are most likely to benefit from his absence or his presence. Number four, am I wrong in thinking that this will be, that a downside for for Donald is that this will be an open attack on Donald Trump for three hours by his opponents without him there to slap them back? Won't this be open season on Donald Trump with a target on him, with an empty podium, with his unable to respond at that moment? You know, Rand Paul has already said the IQ of the debate has just gone up 20 to 30 points and Donald Trump is delusional. Do you think Rand Paul would say those things if Donald Trump were standing next to him? My fifth question may be my most important. And that is, why? Why might be that Donald Trump decided, hey, I'm ahead. Why show up and get beaten up when I don't need to? I don't need this. I believe I'm going to win without this. Why not create a big drama here from which I may win a little, but probably won't lose anything? Why should I give anybody a chance, like seven other people, to pile on me and stab me for three hours? But that's half the question. The real question to me and I can't believe how little attention it's gotten, is that last night, for the first time ever in this campaign, Donald Trump was asked in open press conference about his sexual and marriage past. Someone asked him, you brought up Lewinsky and the Clintons. Is it fair to bring up your sexual and marital infidelities? That's the first time that has broken the surface of the water. Is that what Donald Trump is afraid of being asked tomorrow night? 1-888-900-3393. We have one line open. That is to say, we have all our lines open. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. And guess what? Uh, Here's an opportunity to present my partners. I've just learned that you have been calling since the show opened and our phones weren't working. So uh, firstly, an apology to everyone who has been frustrated by making that attempt. Secondly, thank you for making it. And thirdly, a question B, are we, uh, where are we in the process of reestablishment? Uh, we should be able to take calls in the next segment. Okay. Well, guys, uh, it's going to take us a few minutes. Uh, pity though it is. Uh, count on, uh, uh, we may not be up until the bottom of the hour. It's up to you to try. Whoever gets it, the way you'll know that the system is fixed is that your call will be answered. Uh, And I'm told it will be answered in time for us to uh, speak with you in the uh, final half hour of the show. And man, that there is show business right there. There is live radio. So uh, 
looks like we'll be able to speak soon. I can't tell you now. I can't tell you exactly when, but I can tell you I am told soon. So uh, try as your patience permits. And naturally, for those of you with less patience, the minute you hear the first caller, you'll know that you can call and that there are lines open. There are, until that sweet moment, uh, to extend my number five question, is there a very particular reason other than being ahead and why get beaten up? I don't need it. Is there another reason why Donald Trump wishes to avoid tomorrow night's debate? There are a few logical reasons that one could argue Donald Trump may wish to be a no-show. Chief among them, I wonder, I wonder, is this. Donald Trump was asked last night for the first time ever in this campaign, in an open press conference, and that's significant because it means everybody else, it's now fair game, open press conference someone asked it it's on the record everybody in the world now can ask about it for the first time ever in an open press conference donald trump was asked what about your very public past sexual and marital indiscretions what about your marriages and divorces what about your open affairs what about and again Believe me when I tell you, I'm not throwing stones nor suggesting anyone else does. What I'm saying here is no one else has gone near this. No one else has touched this. And I wonder whether this is the pre-Iowa caucus question that the man who prides himself on being supported by all the evangelical Christians, most fears being asked on television, on network television. Could that have something to do with it? Does he feel that there may not be, I'm sure there's an answer and we are all human and he or she without sin ought to cast the first stone? I believe it all. I believe and I believe it all. But I also know politics. And I know that there might be, there probably are, a lot of his advisors, his own instincts, who say to him, this is the one thing that could put the glue to all of the attacks that your opponents are making. If anything could put the phony to Donald Trump, What would it be? For everybody, it could be any number of things. Anybody could be found to be lying or some tape could turn up, right? For anybody, except someone who's perfect, anybody is subject to that. But right now, right here, under these circumstances, if you are relying on and using as a calling card your support, among evangelical Christians and how close you are to God and how you never do anything wrong, 
right? I mean, I, I do only good things in my life. I really haven't had to ask for forgiveness. I, you know, I believe God is, you know, I think the big man, I, very close, very close with him. And I think it, uh, I think he may even be responsible for some of the, uh, no, wait, I'll go for the, I'll say that he's responsible for maybe all of my greatness and the great things I, the huge great things I have done. I'd say maybe he's involved. Yeah, we're very close, very close. I don't know, would this be the thing that if all of a sudden the newspapers in Iowa, the rumor mill in Iowa is flush with stories about indiscretions of this sort? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I underestimate Donald Trump, his ability to dismiss that and have a defense for that. So I don't know. But I'd be stupid if it didn't occur to me. Question six. The timeline of offenses. Story the Trumps are telling, so far as I know, is that Roger Ailes and Fox News sent out an insulting email making fun of Donald Trump. And therefore, Donald Trump decided to uh, say he would be a no-show. Donald Trump claims that he made the demand, and I'm sorry, Fox says that Donald Trump made the demand earlier in the week to name the moderators. In particular, that Megyn Kelly not be among them. And that if Megyn Kelly's on that stage, I won't be. And that Roger Ailes said, uh, Donald, you know, nobody sets the schedule for Fox News programming except me. And you're the candidate. They're the moderators. They'll be there. And we trust you will. Well, which happened first? This is like the Trump Cruz thing. Who started the fight and why? Just like I have a very firm feeling Trump started the Cruz-Trump fight, I think Trump think Trump started the Trump Fox fight. What about you? Jay Seven on the Blaze Radio Network. Yes, this is the monologue radio show of Jay Severin. Uh, and by monologue, I think you know what I mean. Um, the, uh, uh, the folks are working on, on the phones. And, uh, and may I also say, I've never been in love like this before. And the check is in the mail. But uh, the number here is 1888. I have lots of numbers. My favorite number. Three, I've got another favorite number, nine. I've got, I've got favorite colors, but I've got a number here, which I'm told is our phone number, which is one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. Um, you can't call me on it, but it's 
you know, I admit it, but it is our phone number, one 3393 I'm sorry, it's just the frustration of uh, a day in which I knew, on which I knew that you would be tremendously eager. And I know I can, I can name the top 20 of you that would have been the most eager to get in and talk about this uh, today. Uh, it's only, it's, that's only the number one story of the year. Uh, so uh, politically, so I, I, I know this and in as frustrating as it is for you, believe me, you know, you know, I do the show for you and uh, we do it together and it's a very, very frustrating thing. Yet again, though, uh, things, I can't use the real word, things happen. And <clears throat> because things happen, uh, a thing has happened. And uh, as soon as we could take phone calls, we'll know because we'll get one uh, that, that comes through. Uh, and there it is. Okay. Uh the timeline of offenses, question number six. I guess these questions will kind of have to roll over until tomorrow or some other time. But uh, the timeline of offense, the timeline and the offenses, I believe are demonstrably, i.e. can be demonstrated to be, are demonstrably incorrect. I mean, what you're being told. Like who did who to whom first, the way it's being reported, I think, is incorrect. But the issue on each side is Fox claims Trump was insisting that Megyn Kelly be removed from the moderators, meaning Trump insisted on producing the debate. Uh, and... No one can allow that, obviously. The claim on the other side is that uh, is that Fox sent out one or more belittling messages, uh, mocking Trump, and that it tried his patience to the point that he decided to quit. See, I don't think that Trump for all his temper and temperament, I don't think Trump thus far has been a victim of his, of his temperament. I mean, if I'm, even if I'm right about his temperament, and, I, and I, my impression is that he's a pretty hot-headed guy, but I don't think that's what's ruling here. Maybe, maybe you disagree. There's no way for me to know unless you're psychic. Wait, let me get out the Ouija board here. Here we go. That way I'll know. Uh, I don't think Trump has been guided so far by hot-headedness in this. I think he's flirted with it. I think he's been tempted by it. But so far, I think he's reined it in to, to a great point. And I find it hard to believe that, you know, Trump would allow himself to explode and have it material affect the materially affect the campaign in any fashion that it would, you know, cost him in some way. But we'll see. Number seven. Those were questions, by the way. Question number seven. How do you think this now becomes instead of a pop quiz? This is a take home quiz. 
so the the uh, you can answer tomorrow. Uh, it will be a nice walk up to the debate. Uh, and don't forget Western Union, by the way. I I we still take telegrams, and I I believe they still exist. Uh, number seven. What do you believe will be the reaction of Iowans? A popular and perhaps dopey reaction, but I've heard it all over the place, and you have too, is that Iowans, you know, as a breed, aren't going to like this. That they see this as a job interview. I will tell you that the standing folklore about Iowa, and to a lesser but strong degree, New Hampshire, is the the folklore joke that they go to a voter in Iowa or New Hampshire, and they say, you know, what do you think about Chris Christie? And the answer of the voter is, not sure. Only met him three times yet. And and that that is folklore, but it ain't totally lore. The people in Iowa expect to meet the candidates, to see them up close. In venues like in a diner, in a restaurant, you know, maybe a high school auditorium, but they expect to see them and see them a lot, not just in news clips. They're spoiled by that, and they, you know, kind of behave thusly. And Iowans, it is said, won't stand for this. Now, is that folklore? Well, in 1980, and I know because I was part of another campaign, uh, Ronald Reagan, I was part of the Bush campaign, Ronald Reagan was scheduled for a debate in Iowa on the eve of the caucus. And uh, evidently, because he felt he was sufficiently ahead, he blew it off. So Ronald Reagan, remember we talked about this earlier this week. They had the argument in the Reagan, within the Reagan campaign, how long do we need to stay? And they decided, you know what, we've got this sewn up. Let's blow out of here and head to New Hampshire. Give ourselves an advantage of a you know, few days head start. So Reagan blew out about a week early out of Iowa. He was ahead. He lost. Now it is said, again, which may be folklorian, it is said to this day that his decision to blow off the last debate was seen by Iowa caucusers as a slap in the face. And so Reagan didn't win. It's also noteworthy that they they picked Bush and lost again. You know, because again, Iowans may take umbrage, God bless them, but their umbrage costs them in terms of a won or lost record. So it again cost them to choose the wrong guy. Not only wrong, but I mean, they didn't choose the winner. But Reagan did lose, and it is said that that's why, because Iowans see this as a job interview and they expect you to show up. I don't know. Is that too old-fashioned to think as a factor? Number eight, what is the impact on Fox? The first, of course, is dollars. The rumor going around, uh, and after I make a couple of, uh, if I'm lucky, one phone call tonight, I could find this out. I heard that what that that time on the debate was going for like a million dollars a minute. And when Trump dropped out, it was going for a hundred, hundred fifty thousand dollars a minute. 
when you remember that the purpose of this is not, well, for us, it's civics and entertainment and lots of other things. But this is a for-profit organization, is Fox. This is a broadcast network. This is Fox News, Inc. And the ink they want to see is the ink printed on green pieces of paper that have dollar signs on them, just like every other for-profit organization, God bless them, everyone in America. And if you're advertising craters because your star is boycotting the show, that's one impact to be considered. Will that happen? Number nine, what impact will this have on Megyn Kelly? Megyn has been engaged fairly assertively. I mean, I, I, I don't know Megyn. We have not met. I have corresponded with her and with her husband. I've spoken with her husband. He's a novelist, love his books. Uh, so there's a loose kind of acquaintance there, but not, you know, can't say friends or anything. Megan has been fairly assertive in expanding her brand. She is the cover shot of this month's Vanity Fair. It's a big deal. Right. I mean, the cover story of Vanity Fair is Megan Kelly. Her in designer fashions, her opinions. This is not what we generally used to do with network anchors. I mean, I don't ever remember seeing David Brinkley spread across a tiger rug in front of the fireplace with a glass of Chablis. But we do things differently these days, which I suppose if you look like Megyn Kelly, you have a license to do. Uh, in the end, if, if again, these are a lot of ifs, but if in the end it appears that Donald Trump is the winner in this gambit and that Fox is the loser... Will there be voices, and you know there will, maybe at other networks, maybe off the record at her own, who will say, was it really worth it? Should our boss really have stood behind Megyn Kelly to the extent that he, he could have maybe made a deal and put in even a conservative, even a known conservative, as a questioner, but somehow saved face and gotten Megyn Kelly off the stage and still had, you know, the billion dollar debate. Did, did, did Fox put its talent ahead of its journalistic responsibility? I'm not saying so. I ponder whether others will ask that question. This is Jay Febron on the Blaze Radio Network. And only Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, question number 10. 
brings us back to the beginning of today. Will Trump change his mind? I believe there is a 40-60 chance, at least, that he will. Meaning a 4 in 10 chance that he will appear on Fox for the debate. And I'm probably being a sucker and buying into the, to his hype by not telling you straight out he'll change his mind, he'll appear. Because part of me wants to say, look, he just wants to drive the knife between his enemy's shoulder blades as deeply as possible, extract the best deal he can, and then do what's best for himself. And you know, that's why a lot of us are voting for him. And when I say us, I'm not, I don't have a mouse in my pocket. Uh, I don't mean to invoke the editorial we. Uh, I'm supporting Ted Cruz. But the, the very fact, the very indictment that many reasonable people would use here, he's disrupting all of this because he's a narcissist and it has to be about him and it always has to be all about him 24 hours a day and he's going to make sure it's about him and then in the end to ensure that it remains all about him he will in the end change his mind again and he'll participate in the debate so i probably ought to raise that to 60 40 or 70 30 that he'll change his mind And if he does, I just wonder if he'll do it with the nature of theatricality that I have suggested. And and I mean, if the people advising him are good, really good, as I say, he won't announce between now and then. You won't know between now and then that he's going to appear. If they do it with the utmost theatricality, then he'll let that story just sort of float there all day and he'll let that empty podium sit there and he'll let the introductions be made and then a minute or five minutes later he'll walk out on stage five minutes after the thing has begun and the place will go wild because that's what showmen do and I don't mean to use that word as necessarily pejorative but clearly, if that sort of thing surprises you, or if you're a Trump supporter and you say, Jay, how could you say that? You know, why, why would Trump do something like that? I am prepared to say this. You don't have the faintest notion of what Donald Trump is all about. If you don't think that that idea of the theatrical entrance doesn't appeal to Donald, you don't know the Donald. This is Jay Severin Severin. on the Blaze Radio Network.